Hey family, thank you for tuning in to our podcast this weekend. Our good friend Joshua David spoke on and touched on 2 Kings chapter 13 verses 22 through 23. And his desire is for you to behold and encounter Jesus through this message. We love you and we hope you enjoy. I just want to say this is not a guest. He is not our guest. He is a father in this house. And so I want you to receive from him as such. He is like family to us. We treasure him in May, and we want you to just let us have it. So come and get us, Lord. Amen. 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 Wow. How many of you know that Jesus is here? You could have been anywhere to the morning, but you are in the place where Jesus is. And one thing I know, when God allows you to be in the presence of his almighty son, it is not because Jesus needs an audience. It is because he wants to wipe your tears. It's because he wants to show how much he loves you. This morning I'm not here to present anything to you. I'm here to tell you about the man who changed my life. And yes, we we come into an environment like this where we can see somebody's encountering God in a very intense manner and we can see, you know, we can see what other people are happening. It's like, you know, the man near the pool of Bethsaida could see other people jump in it and receive their miracle. And then he can see, God, before I go there, I want to go. I can't make it. Something is happening. There are obstacles on my way, O oh God, that are hindering me to really encash the opportunity you bring time and time again to my life. I want to draw your attention to one verse. I know that today uh, our time is different, but you know what? I, I totally believe what God is doing in our midst in this morning, even during the time of worship, the encounters where Jesus is personally meeting people at the point of their need, those encounters do much more than a thousand messages. You can hear thousand messages But one moment where your eyes get locked with Jesus is a life-defining moment. So friends, would you open your Bible with me to 2 Kings chapter 13. I spoke about it yesterday, but today I want to talk about something else a little bit. Verse number 22 and 23. 2 Kings chapter 13, verse number 22 and 23. All those who are watching us online and all those who are in the overflow section, I just want you to know that you are not someone distant. Why? Because in the kingdom realm, there is no distance. In the spiritual realm, there is no distance, there is no time. And as we engage into the word of God, it is my hope and my desire that your eyes will behold him whom I am beholding. So let's look into this verse, verse number 22. And Hazael, king of Syria, 
oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoahaz. There are some issues in lives that are constantly nagging. Even if you are chosen generation, even if you are set apart people, even if you are called by his name and separated as a peculiar people group, even as you are someone who carry the name of God, sometimes there are challenges that happen in life that are constant, pressures which are constant. There are issues which are constant. An enemy always want to oppress the anointed ones. The enemy always want to oppress those who are set apart, who are chosen and elected. Why? Because he knows what God will give birth through them. The reason Pharaoh oppressed Israel was because he was scared of what they can do. And if you are going through operations in your life, if you are constantly under pressure and one battle through another battle, if you are in that kind of environment, that is a sure guarantee that there is a seed of greatness in you. And because there is a seed of greatness, the devil is so scared of you that he wants to hinder your path at all costs. And he wants to stop you from believing that God can do great things from you. My friend, the Bible says, and Hazal, king of Syria, oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoahaz. And guess what happens? Next verse. But the Lord. Come on, can you all say that with, with me together? He said, but the Lord. Say, but the Lord. Can you say, but the Lord. Hey, children of the Most High God, I have great news for you. Devil may try to oppress you all throughout your life, but the living God will build a standard against it. The promise of the word says, when the enemy will come in like a flood, the spirit of the living God will raise up a standard against it. Hallelujah. My friend, I don't know what problems you're going through, whether it is emotional, whether it is financial, whether it is physical, whether it is social. I don't know what problem you're going through on political level, whether you are going through a problem where morale of the entire nation is degrading to such an extent on an unprecedented manner and there are fears about raising your children in a holistic environment where their future look promising. There are fears about investing in business where your future look promising and when these fears are surrounding all around and you feel your life oppressed my friend the good news is you are not alone there is a living God <coughs> there is a God almighty and the Bible says but the Lord was gracious to them hey the problem is sometimes when operations happen when the fears come when problems arise, the children of God, rather than beholding the gracious Lord, they put their eyes on the problems. And this morning, Upper Room Church, can I tell you, there is a big amount you want to complete the project. Maybe you're sitting here and you have financial challenges in your own personal life. As a community, we have a financial challenge. 
And there are pressures all around with the city, with the government officials, with all of those things. But let me tell you, the word this morning is, but the Lord is gracious to us. But the Lord is gracious to us. Hallelujah. When Lord chooses to become gracious to someone, do you know what happens? When the Lord decides that I'm going to be gracious to Mufa, I'm going to be gracious to Kevin, do you know what happens? The whole world can stand against them and yet not defeat them. No one can touch you. Why? Because the Lord Most High decided to be gracious unto you. And so I prophesy in the name of Jesus. You are banking on the loan, but my Lord is on the throne. We will not need the loan. I believe with all of my heart. Oh Lord, you are on the throne in the name of Jesus because you are on the throne. Oh Lord, we pray a full provision. So can I say this to you church? Stop looking at five loaves, two fishes. Start looking at 12 baskets full. And give a praise shout to the Lord. You know why? Because 12 baskets full will be your portion. Now there may be fearful, you know, reports. There may be, because too many people make pledges. I, I have been in ministry too long to know that it's a miracle when people actually fulfill their pledges. <laughs> now in America it may be different, but I'm talking from Indian point of view. Please forgive me. I'm just saying my experience in India. You know, people do make comments and they, they make pledges and big amounts. But between the time they make that pledge and between the time they fulfill, they do need grace of God. And we commend our pledges to the grace of God. In kingdom, anything you want to do in flesh is rejected by the Father. Anything you want to do by depending on Him is accepted by the Father. So in flesh, if you want to give to show, I have given, daddy will say, uh -uh, I don't need you. But somebody will say, dad, I can't give. I don't have. And God will say, here, foo, receive the provision so that you can give. I believe that the spirit of increase is upon this house. And not only on this house, but Lord is bringing an opportunity for people to sow in by faith so that when we People sow in by faith from global community. They will tap in into the grace of this house. Amen. But the Lord was, oh, where is that verse gone? Keep it there. But the Lord was gracious to them. The Lord was? Gracious. You know, Bible says we are saved by grace through faith. How are we saved? by grace. So when God was gracious to them, no matter what Syrian armies want to do, no matter what enemies of the Lord wants to do, nothing can touch his people because Lord is gracious to them. Because Lord is favoring their cause. Because Lord is gracious to them. You know, Paul said, oh Lord, you know, I have a thorn in my flesh. And Jesus said, hey, my grace is sufficient. 
You know, grace is enabling power of God in midst of your problems to overrule. And that is so beauty that Lord says, I want to be gracious unto you. And today I feel Lord putting in my heart to speak to Upper Room Church to say this, hey church, my grace is enough. My grace is enough. Can you all stand for a minute and say, Lord, for this new project, your grace is enough. For this new project, your grace is enough. For this new building, your grace is enough. Come on, come on, take, a, take two minutes and begin to worship, Lord. Say, your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Come on, lift up your hands and begin to worship him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, your days are changing forever. Amen. Please be seated. Now listen, wise people of God, you know if you would have invested in Bitcoin when it started, you would be very happy today. Right? If you would have been invested in the shares of Tesla when it started, you would be very happy right now. Let me tell you, God is bringing a greater opportunity than Bitcoin and Tesla. It's the kingdom of God where Lord is saying, hey child, I want to change your days. I want to change your life, not just in your generation, but for the rest of the generations. And how will that be? By allowing you to participate in it. By faith. The Bible says, there were problems that surrounded Israel, but the grace. You know, grace is something, it's like the boat in the waves. In the storm, you're riding in calm. That's what grace of God does. You know, I, I, I was looking into the scripture and I love the scripture passage. You know what grace did for us? First thing that I look into the Bible is grace took us Gentiles and allowed us to become part of covenant of God. We who were outsider without a promise have become insider. We are not by ourselves. We have a daddy who has a great track record. Never failed. Never failed. Never failed. Do you think, what, what makes you think that your problem is so bigger that your daddy will fail. <laughs> you know, pride tells us that my problem is the biggest. Nothing is more hopeless than that. My friend, God has seen bigger problems than what you are seeing. The only reason he's allowed that problem to be in your life is so that he can strengthen you. So that he can build you. So that he can cause his character to develop in you. So that he can arise and shine through you. Our problems are not to put us down. Our problems are our pedestrian to put us high. 
So I pray for the grace of God for each one of you to be elevated in your faith, to be elevated in your giving, to be elevated in your sacrifice, to be elevated in encouragement for each other, to be elevated in your service unto the Lord and his house. Amen. I was looking at the word of God and I discovered this fantastic in Genesis. God said to mankind, he said, hey, listen, everything that I created is yours. Only this tree in the middle, the small tree you find, this tree is mine. Everything else yours. Now my question, God, if you gave everything in the garden of Eden to mankind, why did you not give that one tree? The answer is, God was teaching him how to express his love for God. How the only way you can express your love for God is by your giving. And Adam did not have anything that he could give. So God said, hey, Adam, listen. Here is a tree. Everything belongs to you. This tree is mine. Take care of it, but don't eat of it. Consecrate it for me. Funniest thing. Satan comes and sits only on that tree. Do you know one thing? The amount that you decided to give to the house of the Lord for the new project, devil will not come and oppose any other amount. He will come and oppose that amount which you consecrated for the Lord. Because anything you consecrate to the Lord becomes threatening to enemy. Whether it's your life, whether it's your time, whether it's your relationship, whether it is your finances, whatever you consecrate for the Lord, enemy wants to come and hinder that. So what happens then? Man falls prey to the schemes of devil and eats it. So the fruit that God said, don't eat, devil came and said, you must eat, you must eat, you must eat, you must eat. So he ate. And what was the result? His eyes were made open. And what did he see? Himself, he was naked. Listen, my friend. Obedience to Satan will only open your eyes to your reality. Obedience to Satan will only open your eyes to your miserable condition and what you don't have. Devil will come and tell you, you lack here, you lack there, you don't have this, you don't have that. Therefore, you can't be usable by God. Devil will always come and do, but I have good news for you. It is not, just, God is amazing, man. He likes to play games. So Satan came and said, hey, you planted a tree. See, I made the man eat the fruit of tree. God said, all right, fantastic. You made him eat that fruit. I'm coming with another fruit. And he said, devil, you will have no portion in that fruit. You know what was that fruit? <laughs> now watch with me. John 20, chapter 20, Jesus is risen from the grave. Disciples are totally confused. Thank God for the women who believe. <laughs> Sometimes disciples can be confused. <laughs> but praise God. You know what happens? Something incredible. God is repeating the story of Genesis chapter 3 in John chapter 20. Now Bible says two disciples begin to walk to the village called Amas. And as they are walking, you know, um, 
in Luke chapter 24 also, you can go and read this. Bible says that Jesus began to walk with them. And as Jesus began to walk with them, and something happened. They constrained him to stay with him. And the Bible says that when Jesus broke the bread, they recognized him. Their eyes were made open. Right? Listen. First time they ate that fruit, their eyes were open. Here, they broke the bread, their eyes were open. First time when they ate that forbidden fruit, their eyes were open to their reality. Next time when they broke the bread, their eyes were open to his reality. This time when, they, when their eyes were open, they saw how naked they were. When their eyes were open, they saw how glorious Jesus was. My friend, what are you seeing? What are you seeing, my brother? What are you seeing, my, my sisters? I want to encourage you. Oh, Israel was surrounded by all of that, but grace of God was there. But grace of God was there. This morning, I pray that you will be baptized in the grace of the living God. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, your days are changing. Come on, come on, say, your days are changing. God is opening your eyes to his reality. God is opening your eyes to his reality. Above everything else that you have ever experienced, you're going to experience something so glorious that your lives will be marked. My friend, guess what happens? Can we go back to 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 22? And the Bible says, the Hazael, king of Syria, oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoahaz. Something happens. Next verse. But the Lord was gracious to them. You see, devil oppressed Adam and Eve, but the Lord is gracious to mankind when he came up with another fruit. Yeah. And you know, funniest part, when God said, don't eat of that fruit, devil came and said, eat, 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 eat. Now when God said, this is my table, come and eat, devil says, no, 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 no. <laughs> Have you ever thought that devil stops you from participating into this? Why is devil stopping you so much? Because when you truly participate into this, you get the revelation of Jesus. You begin to see who he is. And you forget about your nakedness and your eyes are fixed upon his glory. And we all know this fact, what we behold, we become. What we behold, we end up becoming that. And as our eyes begin to see him, the glorious resurrected one, my friend, our lives, even our circumstances change for good. Now, look at this. God was gracious to them. You know, grace has a nature that it multiplies. The Bible says, when sin abound, grace abound. Do you remember the verse? When sin abound, grace abound much more. Come on, say one thing. I am never in a shortage of grace. Say, I am never in a shortage of grace. So if devil says, I am a sinner, grace says, I am available to you. Hallelujah. 
I am never in shortage of grace. Why? Because when sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And what does grace do? It comes teaching me how to say no to sin. That's what James wrote. That the grace of God is now revealed to mankind, teaching them how to say no to sin. Grace is not a license to sin. It is an empowering power to say no to sin. And the Bible says, even when we were surrounded by our sin, with our sickness, with our problems, with their issues, with all sides when our life was surrounded, God was gracious to us. God's recipe for our victorious life is grace. Hallelujah. And this morning, there is an invitation to tap in into grace of God. And when you tap in into grace of God, there is no sweat in the grace. The weight is easy. The burden is light. And it is a joy right into the presence of God. The Bible says next thing here, that God was gracious to them and had compassion on them. Do you know when God has compassion on someone, what happens? When God decides to have compassion on someone, what happens? When God has compassion on somebody, their life changes. As a father has compassion on a child, heavenly father has compassion on us. Do you know God is not mad at us? He is not upset at us. All the anger he had against our sin has been nailed on the cross. Now if God gets upset on us because of our sin, then he is doing wrong to Jesus. I was just talking to my friend Mike Moore. I was saying, hey, you know, in 1 Corinthians chapter... Uh, you know, you see something, chapter 5, so, so amazing that the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become righteousness of God. Now, most of us has problem believing that I can actually become righteousness of God because I am a sinner. Because I know what I have done and I remember what I have done and I have those issues in my life. But do you know what? It may seem impossible for you to become righteousness of God. So was it impossible for Jesus to become sin. He who knew no sin was made sin. If God can make a pure one sin for us, he can make an impure one righteousness for him. If you can't believe that God can make you righteous, you are actually saying Jesus never became sin. And you are ignoring everything he did on the cross. But if you are saying Jesus became sin, then body rejoice in the name of Jesus because by the same token that God made him sin, he makes you righteous. So your righteousness is not subjected to your work. It is subjected to God's work done on Jesus. God made Jesus sin so that I may become righteousness of God. Period. My works have no place in this equation. Don't make yourself so big that you can put yourself into the formula of God. No. Be the recipient of what God has done. By faith. And that is what compassion did. That is what compassion did. You know, when God had compassion on us, he took a sinner and made him righteous. Tonight, I don't know, this morning, I don't know who you are, where you are, where you are watching from. But my friend, the good news is, 
Your sin cannot speak louder than the grace of God. Your sin cannot speak louder than the compassion of Jesus Christ because his love and his compassion is a recipe for you. And the next, next verse, can you please put in? Uh, no, 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 before that, before that. 22, I believe. 23 verse. 23, yeah. In 23rd verse, it says, not only God was gracious and compassionate, but then God, what did God do? Regard them. Now listen, we always regard people who have achieved something. In the world, who do you regard? People have to qualify for regard, right? Nobody just regard you unless you become someone, unless you become something important. The Bible says the grace and compassion of God not only stops by giving you grace and compassion, but he also regards you. Do you see that the heaven is regarding you? Do you see that angels regard you? Do you see that God Almighty regards you? And when you regard somebody, you don't treat them cheap, do you? What makes you think that God will not be mindful of you when he regards you? What makes you think that God will not fulfill his covenant promise to you when he regards you? The Bible says he regards you. Isn't it beautiful that God was gracious, God was compassion, compassionate and God regarded them. Why? Because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Now let me take a pause here and tell you if God has respect for the covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, to such an extent that he did all this to Israel, how much more will God do for the sake of the covenant he had with his own son, Jesus Christ? God entered into a covenant with his only begotten for you and I. And if this old covenant was so powerful, the new covenant surpasses all of this, my friend. And I want to challenge you today in the name of Jesus. Look at your enemy and laugh. Look at your oppression and laugh. Look at your problems and love. No one thing that God has regard for you. And he takes a lowly and set him on high because he has regard for you. Upper room church, I want to tell you this morning, the heart of daddy is bubbling and it is regard to you. It's regard to your leadership. It's in regard to your house. And because God is regarding Upper Room Church, guess what is happening in days to come? He is expanding the influence of this church globally. And to expand that, God is inviting you and I, hey son, I will do the impossible. You do the possible. He wants to say, let's do it together. God can build his house. But when he invites us to build with him, we are in for a reward. Hallelujah. So my friend, I want to close. But before I close, I want you to look deep into your heart. And really see, do you see God's grace available for you? Do you see God's compassion all over you? Do you see God regarding you? If you can't see that, that means your sins have overtaken your soul. 
that means your mind is telling you a story contradictory to the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you can't see you are honored in heaven, then the problem is there is something that you have done in past and the guilt and the shame and the condemnation has seared your conscience and you're not able to see what God is saying. But this, this morning, there is a miraculous healing available for you. If there are hindrances of guilt, shame, and condemnation, and pain, and suffering, I want you to stand up on your place. Because tonight, God is going to break all of that from your mind. Whether it is you are in overflow, whether you are watching online, or whether in your house, my friend, if there is something in your mind that hinders you from really enjoying and seeing yourself as somebody so worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ that you cannot enjoy that time, then my friend, today there is deliverance for you. Proverbs chapter 5 in Passion Translation 22nd verse says this. Beware that your sins don't overtake you and that the scars of your own conscience don't become the ropes that tie you up. My Bible is saying, hey, he's not saying beware that you don't commit sin. He says, listen, beware. When you commit sin, beware. Let not your sin overtake you. And what does it say? It says not just let let your sin overtake you. It says that the scars of your own conscience don't become the ropes that tie you up. You know what ties the body of Christ? Samson was tied by the ropes. But what ties the church is the conscience. It's the conscience. And I believe Lord wants to heal your conscience. If you have been lack conscience today in the name of Jesus, there is healing. You will be supply conscience. If you have been fear conscious today, there is healing. You will be faith conscious. If you have been hopeless conscious, you will be today from now on hope conscious. So my friend, wherever you are, I just request you in Jesus' name, just stand up so that, you know, healing will come upon you. And people who are near them, would you just put your hands around them and begin to pray and minister. The Lord, your grace will come upon them, that your compassion will come upon them, and the reward that you want to give them in honoring them will happen to them, that their lives will never be the same again. There'll be nothing missing and nothing broken in the name of Jesus Christ. So Father, we release an impartation upon this house and all those who are watching online in the name of Jesus. Lord, everything that the covenant in the blood of Jesus has made available to every one of us, I pray in Jesus' name that we will tap into it and live for it rest of your life for your glory, O Lord Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing. Every spirit of oppression, every bondage, every depression, every fear, every anxiety, every hopelessness. In the mighty name of Jesus, I come against you. I rebuke you from their lives. Get out in Jesus' name. And may faith fill your children, O Lord. May their lives never be the same again. You who have begun a good work in them, bring it to a completion, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give a loud, mighty shout offering unto Jesus Christ.
Amen. Thank you so much. May God bless you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.